Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Coming up in this edition of TV Black Box, Melbourne TV production thrown into chaos as COVID-19 strikes. A secret audition reveals the likely new host of Studio 10 and a TV host takes his former employer to court. Welcome to the podcast where people in the TV industry get their news. This is TV Black Box. Bringing you the inside goss from the TV industry. Hello and welcome to another big edition of the TV Black Box. I'm Rob McKnight. You can find me at Rob underscore McKnight. Sarah Monaghan is in the house. Hello, Shrimp Tank. Hello, everybody. Good to see you. Malky Mox in the house. Hello, Malky. Hello, Rob, Sarah, and uh, a yet-to-be-mentioned fourth person. <laughs> Benjamin J. Norris on Twitter is his name. Hello, Ben. Hi, guys. How are we? Hello, Ben. Very, very good, my friend. It's good to have you all here for another big week of TV chat and inside information. Um, There is a lot to discuss tonight, and we will also be talking about uh, TV ratings. Mark, there's been a lot happening, a few people popping the poppers and popping the champagne because they're uh, very happy with their ratings results but we've had new programming starting so we will have a look at what's going on and yes Eek! we'll be oh, opening the tv sorry. black bolt and i know how it's much too early in the episode that. for that shit <laughs> oh, my favorite <laughs> people complained that's the thing People on social media actually complained about that noise. It was the same person 50 times. Not All right, let's get into the news stories of the week. And Nine's Millionaire Hot Seat is the latest TV production to be shut down in Melbourne. The decision was made after seven dancers from The Masked Singer tested positive for the coronavirus. All 200 cast and crew from the 10 show have been put into isolation. The Masked Singer and Millionaire Hot Seat are filmed in different studios. However, they do share some of the same production facilities. It's not known when the cameras will roll again on either show. Questions have been asked to Premier Dan Andrews on why television shows have been given an exemption while other industries haven't. Currently, existing television productions have been allowed to continue shooting, but new productions have been banned. The Premier says while it wasn't his decision, Victoria risks losing those productions if they aren't allowed to continue. Sarah, is TV outside of news and current affairs an essential service? It's a toughie because do you really need TV? But also, when you're bored as crap and you're on lockdown at home, do you need TV? Probably. (laughs) Well, people are going crazy in lockdown. Surely they need entertainment and uh, distractions from the hell that is 2020. They do. uh, But at the same time, you can always watch old stuff. And, you know, there's so much, so much stuff that's already out there that you've probably never seen that you probably don't need to be doing new production. But at the same time, 
people who work in the industry also have jobs and would like to work. So are you going to tell them that they can't work? Look, uh, and that's the thing. We've got hairdressers open. You know, there's a lot of businesses that fall under that essential service. Ben, I don't really have a problem with the productions going. They have been abiding by COVID-19 restrictions and, and the health protocols. They are working with the health departments. This is unfortunate, but it's going to happen. It's not an essential service. Like, I think this is a bit of a slap in the face of, you know, journalists and news reporters that are trying to do the right thing in Victoria. I think The Masked Singer is a brilliant show and I love everyone on it and I think it's been a fantastic second series, but I think that they put people at risk. I think now people are suffering from coronavirus, which can be deadly, uh, and I just don't under—I don't necessarily understand, considering it was filmed in Sydney last year, why it didn't just remain there, or then once Melbourne slash Victoria got so bad, why they didn't just move it to somewhere else? I don't like, think moving are... is as simple as that. There's booking studios, there's facility well, issues. Well, you're not even allowed to move, are you? Well, I that's a good point in itself. Although, Mulk, we are seeing the Chase Australia has now made the decision to move production up to Sydney, so the exact fear that Dan Andrews had is coming true. Yeah, it's a pretty crazy situation, Rob, and and big props to Kevin Perry uh, for picking up this story about hot seat being affected, uh, sort of in the knock on or roundabout. He was the person to break it a couple of hours before everybody else got onto it, despite what they might uh, suggest. So boo them, yay him. Uh, It's it's a pretty. It's a dicey subject. Let's be fair, because the Chase Australia and and, um, uh, what's the other one? Millionaire Hot Seat. I wouldn't. I mean, it's a stretch calling them entertainment. Um, however, <laughs> the Chase is like one of the biggest shows on television. It outrates most things on prime time. Yeah, I mean, no, no it does right, okay. So you're making a subjective call here. No, I'm saying no, it doesn't outrate most things on prime time. It does okay, um, but it does. It's not that's, that. That's important. just not true. It, it is one hundred percent true. It outrates Home and Away. It outrates Seven Thirty Report. That's through. No, it doesn't outrate Seven Thirty Report. Thanks very much. It does outrate the Project Six Thirty PM. Doesn't do the Seven PM. Um, come at me, McKnight. Uh, it does okay. It doesn't do all of the things. Uh, as far as outrating most television, there's a fairly long list of TV that comes in front of it. Is all I'm getting at, Rob. Um, uh, but that said, it was meant to be an aside kind of joke. But if you want to make it serious, we'll go there. No, the, the, so good. the issue around moving the, the stuff away from Melbourne at this point has to be a practicality because the lockdown absolutely impinges on it. And, and look, calling it essential service, not an essential service. I think it is a stretch to say that entertainment content in 2020 is an essential service when there are so many other things that you can get and so many channels. Sure, it might mean people have to watch reruns, but we're in a pandemic, people. These here are crazy times. The challenge Uh, ahead of us, I do want to come back to the ratings, Rob. Yes, just a point of order, you look, my lord. I just pulled up Thursday uh, ratings. So I pulled up just so a not a typical one. night. That's when the sport starts to kick in and changes everything. Yep. Yeah. Well, hang on a second. I've pulled up a typical night. The Chase Australia was number night. seven at five thirty. The five. Sure. So there were six slot. other programs ahead of it, out of the top twenty. Uh, oh my god! You can't handle the, the truth. Chase Australia the was the number you... one entertainment program on Thursday night, followed by The Bachelor, seven thirty, The Project, Hot Seat, Home and Away, The Chase Australia, five pm, Ten News, The World's Most Scenic Railway Journey, Semi, The Front Bar, Escape from the City. I sure. stand by my 
point of order. A one-night sample is just absolutely irrefutable. I pulled a random. Study. I pulled a random. Random. Thursday night. There was as a I scenic said. railway show. Yeah, don't even stop. <laughs> oh no, we love railway shows in Australia <laughs> now, Sarah. It's the new thing. It's the worst. All I'm getting at is the new aviation. Moving the content out of Melbourne is a necessity for for networks that want to try and get new content on air. So with the mask singer stuck in this vortex, hot seat being affected, the chase opting to move the stuff out and put anybody that's involved in the program through two weeks of isolation to make it happen so the production schedules can be kept is crazy talk, but it's where we land people. That's all it is. Yeah, and it's easy to say that it's not an essential service, and I do understand that, but when people are bored and needing entertainment, and, and also these industries are struggling as it is, they need to what, survive. people should die? When we are bored and we need entertainment, hell to the Marys, throw some coronavirus at them. <laughs> no, I don't I don't think that's fair because they're putting the precautions in place and no one and is forced to work on these shows. And 99% of people get over corona. I mean, yes, it's a pandemic. It's very bad. Oh, that's but a whole different time, kettle of fish. They're not showing all of <laughs> that's the a different recovery podcast. numbers. <laughs> okay. That, that is a whole different kettle of fish, but... It's not a black and white issue in my mind. But let's move on. And with a relaunch debuting on September 14, Channel 10 has spent the weekend auditioning a new co-host to sit alongside Sarah Harris on Morning Show Studio 10. While Andrew Rochford was the favourite to be taking up the male role, TV Blackbox can exclusively reveal secret auditions were held with dancer Tristan McManus. McManus is a judge on Channel 10's Dancing with the Stars and has been a dancer on the program in both the US and the UK. He's married to Australian actress and model Tanya Tozzi, the older sister of model Cheyenne Tozzi. Well, this is an interesting left-field choice, isn't it? Look, it, it, it's uh, it's ten keeping with people that they know. Honestly, that's where it lands. It is left of field. No one would have considered Tristan to to land into that sort of co-hosting role. And I think, look, the, the all bets are off as far as who lands there because rule one, they have to be cheap, and that's the benefit of bringing in a relative unknown in that kind of platform, um, just so that we can then say, okay, well, we've got someone to work with Sarah. They seem to be doing okay given we've just dropped an awful lot of big um, uh, uh, salaries because we've made people redundant and doing all of the cost-saving stuff, you know, you'd be crazy to try and, and drop something else into there. Uh, I, I Look, I think he would hold his own. It's just whether or not he and Sarah have chemistry. We'll know soon enough when they announced whoever is going to be Sarah's co-host for the new look Studio 10. Might be Tristan, might not be. Well, Ben, you've got some late mail on this one. What do you know, mate? Well, um, I am not one to gossip, but... <laughs> okay, so what I've heard is what had actually happened was that... I, and I think we might have played... Maybe I've got too much ego. I think I'm giving us too much credit. But I actually had a, heard a lot of people commenting on TV Black Box last week with us talking about... Dr. Andrew and saying that he was boring and he was the wrong person for the job. I have heard that he has passed on the job, so he was he was well, asked. That's interesting. Uh, whether or not they had confirmed that with him, or, I mean, wh- how that all falls down, he's out of the equation and they always thought the backup would be Merrick. So Merrick Watts, they thought that's who was going to go into the position and then they've now reached out to a few people who they are auditioning so that they have brought people in to do proper auditions with Sarah and I think that Tristan is amazing. Now I know that you guys are going to come for me on this but it is a personal story and I met him while filming an episode of 
uh, Husey, we have a problem. Mm-hmm. He was on the same episode. So we hung out in the green room and I remember leaving that day and thinking he was so anti-celebrity. He was so friendly. He was so warm. Uh, we had a really good time with him and he was really charismatic. And like when he had to do his part on the show, he just nailed it. There was no having to reshoot anything about him. And I think he is something really fresh and really dynamic. And I hope that people don't have an issue with the fact that, you know, he has got a bit of an accent. I actually think that's a part of his, a part of his charm. And um, I honestly think that, you know, I can visualize this. I can't visualize them saving Studio 10 with Merrick. And I love Merrick. Like I've grown up with him. I think he's fantastic. Mm. But I just don't think they're going to save the show with him or Dr. Andrew. So moving away from them is great. And the list of people who I've heard who have been approached are all very interesting and not, in my mind, what we were expecting for Studio 10. Mm. Well, time will tell. A fresh face is a cheap face, right? Yeah. But also can I just say on top of that, wouldn't it just be really nice? And I'm not saying this. This is not a go at the girls that have been on that show. This is certainly not that at all. But he is a really nice guy and would be easy to work with and I think he really would want to be there and on top of the fact that he actually has an X factor. He's really likeable and it comes across well on screen. So I think Sarah deserves to have a co-host like that and I think Studio 10 deserves the opportunity to reboot itself like that. Well, they've got the opportunity. Let's hope they do a great job with it. Just before we move on, Rob, I've also looked up some ratings data from Monday night last week uh, where it had some actual (laughs) competition. And while the Chase Australia was indeed the 12th most popular program in the top 20 for the night, it was way off the pace of the things that won at the other entertainment programs that won after 7.30. Sure, but did it beat the 7.30 report, Home and Away and the things I named? Uh, it did beat 7.30, it did beat Home and Away, and it did beat the Project 7pm on Monday night last week, yes. I think you've just proven my point. Well, no, I, what we've done, Rob, is that they've proven that out of a two samples from many nights during the week, that that, that was I'll take thing. that. That's two random samples where I'm right. McKnight wins. Game no, over. Not even close to being correct, Rob, but I appreciate your, your vibe. And meanwhile, Malk and I will be coming back after each topic with another, uh, <laughs> another example grab. of the ratings race. Sure. <laughs> I'll look forward to it. <laughs> meanwhile, the Seven Network and Melissa Doyle have announced Mel will be leaving the network after 25 years. The former host of Sunrise, alongside many other Seven News programs, said, I am incredibly proud of the work I have done and appreciative of the trust and warmth our viewers have shown me. I leave Seven with a great deal of pride, satisfaction and gratitude. Sarah, with the axing of Sunday night, there really wasn't anything for someone of her profile to do. This sort of makes sense in a shrinking market on TV. It's really unfortunate. I love Mel. She's had, I don't think she's ever fully been given the credit of what she achieved on the Sunrise show. She was part of the team that got that to number one. She was instrumental. But this is the television world we now live in. I don't think this is the last of these kind of people we're going to see go. I think that this year, I'm uh, one of all of those celebrity shows are going to actually get some A-list talent for a change. <laughs> Maybe because ten and seven are letting everyone go, and so when they finally do like Celebrity Apprentice, it's going to be all A-list stars instead of wow. the usual nobodies. They would hope. Well, I, you might have something there, Sarah. Really sad to see her go, isn't it, Mark? She's just fantastic. I worked with her on Sunrise when I was uh, line producing the show, and uh, you know. Uh, she was just fantastic, always professional. I've got no bad words to say about the lady. 
And and very few people do. That's the amazing thing because you start to hear, you know, like we've talked about before, when people die, people start telling you what they really think. Mm. Uh, and in television, uh, being made redundant is almost like you're dead. So people start to come out and say, oh, I worked with her. I was a makeup artist mm. and they didn't whatever. And trust me, if you want to know, it's the people in makeup hair that they they are the people that know what's really going on. Uh, and I, <laughs> I haven't heard any of them necessarily come out and say, oh, Mel was horrible to me or that she was always a, a prima donna. Mel's a complete professional who is absolutely fundamental to the success of Sunrise. The Sunrise that we see today, if it wasn't for the hard yards that her and Koshi put in in those early years, Sunrise wouldn't have hung around to be what it is. Uh, and then she went on to have some look pretty good success across the board with different uh, news properties with Seven. Uh, I think that it is just a shame that it's gotten to this point where she, I know it's all nice and it's she's leaving in a, in a proper manner, but it just feels a little bit unceremonious after 25 years uh, and particularly after that Sunrise Exodus. God, that was a nightmare. Um you know, after 25 years to not be kind of given a little bit more of like, she got the farewell at the end of the six o'clock news and that was great. I'm kind of acknowledging it, but that, Really, I don't. I don't know that that was enough. Yeah, but, she didn't get the big network party or anything. Well, I wouldn't have thought so, given that she was being made redundant because they don't have a show for her and they can't afford her. Yeah, mm, it's the world sad. we live in. Yeah. Meanwhile, Mel Doyle isn't the only Sunrise family member to be leaving the Seven Network. Weekend Sunrise sport reader Simon Reeve has also been made redundant, but according to the Australian, he is in dispute with the network over his payout. Reeve has engaged employment lawyer John Laxon to act on his behalf against the network after he was abruptly let go in June after 20 years of service. Ben, this guy has been loyal to the network for a lot of years. Surely he deserves a proper payout. Yeah, absolutely he does. But, I mean, that's not what happens in television. It's not always. I mean, it certainly is not the common story. Um, we also don't know, all, we don't know all the facts with this either. So, like, we don't necessarily know what has transpired. Um, I think that everyone needs to be paid out correctly and I hope that if he hasn't done anything wrong or everything is fine, that he, he gets hasn't what done he's anything wrong. The big issue for him is he lives in Queensland. It's hard with coronavirus now mm. to do the thing. But also they're saving money. So Well, he's on my list then of people who, if they haven't done anything wrong and they're a good guy, then hopefully when COVID-19 is over or we have a vaccine, you know, that he gets some sort of work back. That's what I think. Yeah, he, he is a really great guy. And my thing has always been if your contract says you've got to be paid a certain thing, if that contract's finished, you've got to pay it. Yeah. You know, I, I, I have no time for people trying to get out of paying people what they're due. It's, uh, you know, uh, so good on him for taking a stand, I say. Look, it, it, it'll be interesting to see where it lands for Simon because he's certainly worth it. You've got to be so careful working in this industry on how you leave these jobs and there'd be so many people that would just take whatever they were given and they'd walk away. So, you know, kudos to him for standing up for what he what he wants, you know. Yeah, and believe me, speaking from experience, it's a very tough thing to do. All right, the BBC is dropping the words television and radio in an attempt to appeal to a younger audience. The Sun newspaper says bosses came up with the plan to appeal to millions of people in the coveted 18th 34 age group who currently prefer streaming services such as Netflix. The controller of BBC Radio has already had his job title changed to controller of audio and screen will be phased in to replace the word television. Sarah, this will get those young'uns in. Yeah. Um, it's very weird um, because young people don't understand radio or television. 
Yeah, is that what they're that, saying? That's the that, whole like, reason they're not watching. If we relabel them, they'll come back. Not because streaming services are more convenient. Do they think that we only, only watch TV on a phone now that, like, we don't understand television? I I, I guess I'm over 34, so I don't understand. Uh, no, these <laughs> people are over 34 <laughs> making these decisions and they're trying to be hit to the groove. This just reeks of research, Mulk. Somebody's gone out and spent hundreds of thousands of pounds on this research and come up with this brilliant idea. This will save the BBC by changing a couple of terms. This is the biggest pile of crap I've ever heard. Does the BBC need saving, Rob? Last time I heard it was doing okay given that it's government-slash-public-funded television in the uh, UK. It still relies on ratings uh, to justify itself because uh, the BBC obviously has the licence fee in that country, sure. unlike the ABC here. They are, there's a lot of uh, people wanting to get rid of that licence fee. A sure. lot of younger people say they don't use the BBC because they use Netflix and, that, and, the, and the like. So, yes, the BBC is actually in trouble and fighting for survival as it tries to consolidate, you know, the expenditure of television against uh, uh, incoming and earnings and, and the public perception of whether it's a worthwhile and valuable service. So, yes, this is all about trying to increase audience. And the BBC, unlike the ABC, really pushes, you know, like Christmas Day, the big ratings, the big events are on the BBC, mm. you know, the big biggest programs are on the BBC. No, this is definitely a play to show its relevance. I'd, I'd, I'd probably need a little bit more background information to understand it uh, as far as where it's headed, as far as why they've made these decisions and those sorts of things. It's not outrageous in 2020 to review somebody's title and suggest that maybe they're not all about television and radio and to talk about audio and screen, given that BBC's digital platforms are as important to them as their broadcast platforms are. And certainly the content that they push out through that. I'm surprised they didn't call them the head of content. People have been doing that in radio for years. And, and that's no fair enough. I've got no dramas with that. Um, that's ostensibly all it is. By calling, yeah, this guy that we've got here in the script, what's he, the controller of audio and screen, sure. Like it makes sense because now that I guess for mine I see it as a refocusing away from, you know, what used to be the CRT tube in the corner that, it you know, is now a flat panel on the wall to the many different screens that we hold in our hands oh, and consume their content. I've got no issue with what you're saying there, but... Acting like this is a magic fix. And and the rebranding of this is going to actually cost hundreds of thousands of pounds, like, or millions of pounds. Um, because, you know, like you're talking about changing business cards, letterheads, all this kind of stuff. And it just reeks of people thinking if we change the terminology, that will get younger viewers in. No, content is king. Summer Redstone, who died recently, coined the phrase. Content is king, and that's what it's all about. Give them content and they will come. This idea that everything else is more important than the actual content is just crap. I don't care if it's called TV, sound, vision, sure. whatever, you know, screen. Give me good content and I will find a way to access it. But ostensibly you're already watching the BBC, Rob. I understand that what they're trying to do is recognise that they need to refocus and think about who is watching, who they want to watch their content. So if they acknowledge that it's not just about, you know, the, the, the TV in the corner of the room, but now it's in a whole bunch of different ways. Like, I can't speak to the value, I can't speak to the reason and all of the rest of it. I think it's mm. not an unreasonable call to have your executives absolutely and then your creatives start to think further about how do we engage the next generation of consumers of our content. Hmm. 
I mean, maybe words do matter because Americans laugh at me when I call it a telegraph pole. And we laugh at them when they say that what? they root for the home team. What do they call it? A telephone. Because oh. they haven't had the telegraph for, like, you know, hundreds of years. <laughs> well, maybe that's it. Maybe I'm an old fogey who just like to hold on to some old things. You Ring know? the bell, Rob. No, play Austin Powers' BBC. To the BBC, yeah. To the BBC, yeah. Um, or maybe not. Okay. Daytime viewers of Channel 9 were this week shocked to discover Ellen had been booted from the main channel to make way for repeats of Desperate Housewives. As Kevin Perry at TV Blackbox reports, with ongoing issues facing the set of Ellen with allegations of a toxic environment, TV Blackbox understands talks are continuing between 9 and the WB regarding securing the new season, which begins next month. Um, Sarah, the Ellen brand is in trouble right now. No, this is a get-out-of-jail-free clause if Nine don't feel that Ellen's going to rate here in Australia with all the negative press. Yeah, I mean, if everybody's hating on her and apparently everyone is hating on her right now, then why pay a bunch of money when you can just get some repeats for cheap? Yeah, but the interesting thing here, Mulk, is that I have a feeling Ellen's going to come back on in the US and she's not going to skip a beat. Those ratings are still going to be there because... It's interesting, when we talked about this issue on the Ben, Robin Robbo show, mm. our feedback quite clearly shows people actually don't want to know the truth about her. Uh, does Ellen rate? Can, can we find out if it rates better than the Chase Australian being a smart-ass don't, Robin? <laughs> oh. uh, look, ultimately, I think that I, I don't think it's a brand connection issue for Nine. I actually think it's a cost issue. Um, and, exactly. and they're using this as the opportunity to to possibly step out of sure. what would be a very possibly. expensive contract that doesn't rate super well at daytime. You know, daytime TV here, when you've only got, you know, 26 million people and ostensibly three to five million people watching in prime time, daytime has got to be less than 600,000 viewers. That's not a big share to be throwing something that I'm sure they're not paying only five bucks to put on air. Yeah, look, there's no doubt these days that all networks are focused on primetime. Anything out of primetime in this environment with the weak advertising market and COVID-19 is not a priority. It just Repeats isn't. of Desperate Housewives, cheap. And, yeah, it's part of a content deal. Why not? What time is Ellen on during the day? Midday. So I was just hoping that you and I had not put Ellen out of business because the Ben oh Robin Robbo show is oh on. Oh, my God. <laughs> well, that's it. Viewership <laughs> is down on daytime TV at 1 o'clock. Uh, my made-up research shows because of the Ben Robin Robbo show. Can we just get there a comparison to how one? the Chase Australia rates to compare to the Ben Robin Robbo show? <laughs> All right. Now it's time for Hatches and Dispatches with Sarah. Thanks, Rob. Australian streaming service Stan has announced it's ramping up its slate of local and internationally produced Stan original television series and films with volume to increase to over 30 productions a year over the next five years. Seven News Perth has set an Australian record this week, recording a staggering 20 years of rating wins in a row, solidifying the fact that it remains Perth's most valued and trusted news source. After months of negotiations, a new five-year deal broadcast for supercars is now close to being announced. TV Black Box confirmed Seven was a frontrunner in July, and now SMH is reporting the broadcaster is set to sign a new deal that will see it broadcast six marquee races per season. 
Under the new arrangement, Foxtel will remain as the primary broadcaster with full access to all races and practice sessions. TV Black Fox understands the pay TV business is close to renewing its commitment to supercars. And that is this week's Hatches and Dispatches. Thank you, Sarah. Still to come, Mark will bring us the latest on the ratings race as an old favourite makes new ground on its fierce rival. And... Can you hear that? (laughs) It's the sound we all love. Ben is opening the TV Black Vault and delivering, oh my God, some juicy goss. We'll be right back. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. These are real confessions. Saying I've wanted to kill my mother since I was eight years old. From real serial killers. We've just got to be violent to them. Best-selling true crime author Amanda Howard doesn't just talk about their crimes. She talks directly to them. It's all written a bit much, really. It's the podcast that goes where others fear to tread. Monsters Who Murder. Serial Killer Confessions. Subscribe now in your favourite podcast feed. And now it's time for the programming wrap with Mulk. I am old. Uh, it seems like forever. Thank you, Rob. <laughs> Since our last programming update, so I'll keep it as tight as I can and then we'll all throw our thoughts in at the end. So let's go into prime time. Absolutely zero mentions of the Chase Australia. As we record, <laughs> the second episode of The Block is airing on nine up against uh, the second of the two-part finale episodes for Farmer Wants a Wife on Seven and The Masked Singer has just revealed uh, who is the person that got kicked out on Monday night this week on 10. It is reality mayhem. And, of course, the ABC are doing their standard current affairs night show uh, for Monday. Farmer has done solid business for seven. Late 800s uh, on an average five-city metro, which is great news for seven. Right. Though it continues the network's inability to convert anything to a win this year because it's just fallen behind every other reality show it's come up against. Now, it has won. I just want to tap in. If you throw in regional ratings, it has won, uh, been the, the highest rating show at 7.30 a few times, but Five City Metro, it hasn't won up against any other reality show. Still a great share, though, right? Oh, it's it's some of the best co- consistently good ratings that Seven have seen this year. Mm-hmm. The biggest risk, however, yet for Seven is next Sunday launches Plate of Origin. Can defectors Matt and Gary help Manu lift the new format to a win or will it land worse than three-day-old leftovers? (laughs) Some people on this panel have seen at least the first episode. For those that have seen Plate of Origin, what did you think? Yes, I hated it. I really liked it. I liked it. I liked the cooking. I liked the judges. The judges are the perfect combination. Like, they're just so easy. And you remember why Matt and Gary specifically were just great on MasterChef. You know, like, as good as the new judges are. Rob, uh, is it it a cooking show hosted by three famous well-known celebrity chef hosts 
or mm. is it a vehicle for them and the cooking doesn't matter? It's a bit of both because the cooking is interesting and the way the it's set up to do different dishes. Mm. But I really like I really like them sitting back and watching the cooking taking place. It's different to MasterChef that they're they're having more fun on this show and they're taking the piss out of each other and then mm-hmm. they'll go up and and get involved. I, I don't know. It just had a really good vibe to me. I liked it. It might, maybe it'll wait. Sure. Here. I don't know. I don't know. But, and um, I cannot. This is harder to pick than the proverbial broken nose. Ben, why didn't you like it? I just tried to like it. So today I put this, put aside some time and I was like, sometimes I need to frame and watch shows sure. better if, I, if I'm not in the right mood. So I was like, I really want to give this a shot. Now I have to be really honest. I don't like MasterChef. So this could just Makes come sense. down to being that I don't get c- cooking food programs. I think they're well produced. I think they're well put together. And if you're into that sort of stuff, I think that they really sing. But for me, I really struggled. And I also, I don't know, like I just didn't feel like the contestants. It was it was a vehicle for the hosts. Mm-hmm. I didn't feel like the contestants kind of had the personality that I need in a reality TV show. But that says a lot about who I am and not a lot about the program. I would be in Mulk's position when I say this. I would have no idea where this thing is going to rate. But I would be interested from a curiosity point of view because I would expect that those guys would be crossing every finger and toe they have that it stacks up to some better ratings than what we just saw with MasterChef, which was a success. Yeah. The All-Stars was a success without them. Yes. So I kind of worry, not worry for their bleeding little hearts because they've got enough money to not have bleeding little hearts, but I worry for their how they're going to react if this show doesn't rate. Sure. Um, well, it, it will be out Sunday. Uh, it's going to run Sunday, Monday, Tuesday for three weeks, I think, and that's the full run, nine or ten episodes. Uh, I, I think that, look, Gary and Matt and Manu are a great combo. They're good mates. I think that plays out on screen. The real tell will be whether or not the audience is willing to accept them in the new kind of situation like you spoke about, Rob. It's a, a lot more relaxed. It's a lot more mm. sort of jokey, blokey kind of vibe. If they take that, I think it'll be well within its chances to do good numbers for seven, and they really need it to. Yeah. For the Blockheads, uh, we kicked that off last night with its second lowest premiere in the 16 seasons. 16 seasons it has run for. Though, enough for it to be a win of Five City Metro, but a week is not one on one episode. Nine have also shrunk it to sort of three to four eps instead of the usual four to five per week, perhaps to address fatigue, perhaps to meter out the few episodes that they do have, thanks to coronavirus interruptions. We will again touch base with that because its second episode aired tonight, Mm. and I can tell you that I'm already eight episodes deep. Um, Did any of you watch The Block last night? I'm up to episode four, so I've ploughed ahead. Again, the block is not... I feel so non-Melbourneian because the ratings for cooking and uh, renovation shows are usually really popular in Melbourne where I feel so anti-Melbourne because, again... These renovation shows are not really my bread and butter when it comes to what it is that I like with television. However, I thought the idea and the theme was going to really stink when I saw the commercial. I was like, oh, no, this whole retro go back in time stuff was was a bit of bullshit. And I really didn't enjoy that. However, 
Episode four is worth hanging out if you're wanting to check out this series because I think some of the reveals, and Malcolm, am I wrong by saying they're the first big, like one of the first reveal-y type things, which is going to be this Sunday, was quite good? Yeah, Did you yeah, enjoy yeah. that? The first the, the first of their construction of their houses yeah. reveals because, of course, 100%. you know, they, they built beach boxes. It's filmed in Brighton in the suburb. Yeah. So they made beach boxes to determine who would get to pick which house. That was like the initial yeah, challenge. that was good. Did you like that? I thought that was good telly. Um, I, I, look, I, I have an interest in this and I'll be going into it a lot more deeply in the TV Binge Box podcast this week. I've got an invested interest in the Block Dishikas. We're also designing to build a house. So I am milking that sucker for every minute of information <laughs> that I can get about product, about things to look at, That's about all about. of the things, right? So I, they, I am their demographic this time around. Um, I, I thought it was smart. I, I, somebody suggested to me this week, why don't they do a MasterChef and replace Scotty and Shelley? And I think if you'd asked me around season 12, I probably said, yeah, it's due. But I've got to tell you this time, I don't know what they've done or how uh, Julian and David have managed to tighten it up. I don't think you could do the block without them. No yeah. way. Why change them? I, I, Why would you change them? And in actual fact, I think Scotty Cam, uh, who's another person who's pretty much out of outside of my bread and butter, I think he does a great job on that show. And I also think he's probably – he looks really fit. The Masked Singer, friends, is four, now five episodes down. It has done consistent business for ten, though nothing like the breakout numbers of last year. But then pretty much everything is down this year from last year even though Melbourne is in lockdown. It is kind of crazy. Streaming services are up, BT dubs. Um, The Masked Singer has done late 800s, Five City Metro as well, and that's seen it land as a winner at 7.30 for three of the four episodes that have aired. So let's see how it fares up against The Block and Plate of Origin, uh, sorry, Poo, when it does uh, drop in. Oh, and P.S., The Bachelor, in its rightful place of Wednesdays and Thursdays, is down significantly, like 200,000 down on previous years. Mm. This is a real shame. As uh, I've warmed to Lockie as The Bachelor, and he's someone who knows how to play his part in that role really quite well. Perhaps the numbers will lift when they get to their first lockdown and they have to do it via Bumble or whatever it is they're going to use um, for their dating app stuff when everybody gets sent home, which we know is a part of this. Uh, Mask Singer thoughts, are we in or we out? Ben? Oh, Mask Singer I think is doing really well and apart from this whole COVID-19 thing and the whole shooting schedule, uh, I think it's a great show. I don't know why because to me it just seems like it should be a dog's breakfast. Uh, but to me, I don't know, it's really fun viewing. What about so I'm enjoying The Bachelor? That. And The Bachelor, I keep trying to watch. I've not missed an episode. But I would say, and I would take the production team to task on this, and that is they're going to need to try and do something beyond their very formulated casting when it comes to who their villains and heroes are Mm. on that show. It seems far too manipulated. It's not organic. And then when you're trying to, like, build a relationship with some of these characters, you know, close your eyes and and spin the wheel and you could watch any season for the last few seasons, which doesn't necessarily make for compulsive viewing, especially when you have someone like Lockie who, you know, I don't think is as engaging even like you know what's so funny i don't even think he is enga- en- engaging enough on the bachelor than he was on survivor and he barely spoke on survivor <laughs> 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 rob what do you think about the mask singer and the bachelor 
The Masked Singer is a family favourite in yep. the McKnight house. Uh, the kids like to stay up a little bit later and watch it. Um, so they, they are big fans and it's a, a treat, treat for them to watch it. Yeah, they love it. Um, the Bachelor has never really been my thing, if I'm mm. to be perfectly honest. So um, I'm, I'm certainly not as invested in that as some of the other offerings. Sure. Of the eight Bachelors we've had, Lockie lands squarely in the middle, though. He's not the most popular. He's certainly not the worst. Uh, he is doing a great job in that role for mine. And, and I think it's a shame that 10 aren't being rewarded with more eyeballs on it than and look you could even put it down to the fact um that there isn't the the knock-on effect of all of the recaps and stuff of the bachelor happening now like there used to be okay mcknight ring the bell when you do it too hard friends the compression on the mic makes it sound not as loud um the Chase Australia is right now. Last week, uh, we saw today take another week of second in the brekkie battle over the ABC, giving it 11 to 14 second place wins with one week tied. So that is still super neck and neck. Wow. It is so close. The big news, however, is that last week, today won the week for the East Coast Capitals. Brisbane, Sydney, Melbourne. Deal. That is yes. a huge deal. Now, let, let me play on with this, Rob. Don't cut in already. Big deal, Mulk, I hear you say like a bad <laughs> pantomime. <I'm> sorry. <laughs> uh, big deal, Mulk, I hear you say like a bad pantomime. Big deal, Mulk. Thanks for playing along, Rob. What it suggests <laughs> is the work that they're doing is starting to pay off. This is a huge deal. But... Don't get me wrong. Today are still a long way off defeating Sunrise, and for them to do that, they somehow have to win Perth or Adelaide, and there is next to no chance of that happening in the foreseeable future. It is, however, another chink in the otherwise impenetrable ratings armour, and every little chink offers hope to the Today crew as they should. Now, I will acknowledge that last week Carl was off sick, or sorry, uh, quarantined, waiting for his COVID uh, test to come back. He was off, didn't come back until Thursday, I think. Is that right? Yeah, it was something like that. There wasn't a, a huge spike Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Like, don't get that out of proportion, but just acknowledge Carl wasn't there for a bit of it. And they did phone him in once and saw how he was going. And I, I think people put way too much in that. People don't tune yes. in going, oh, is Carl's not, Carl's not going to oh, no, be no. on today. I'm going to tune in. And I'm trying to hose that down, Rob, like yeah. saying that just because Carl wasn't there isn't the reason why they did it. But that five that, that East Coast win, Five City Metro, is super important. Mm. Uh, and one that is just another little mark to say, is this the ascension or is this just the new normal that means that today will be a thorn in Sunrise's side perpetually? And that is the ratings wrap. Thank you very much, Malk. Insightful as always. Okay. Rubbish. Close your ears if you don't like it because oh, we are doing it. I've got the keys. I'm going to close my ears. I'm opening it up. A rattle, rattle, rattle. For those playing at home, Malk just walked away Indeed. and is not here for the recording. Malk, the vault <laughs> is open. You can come back now. Ben, the vault is open. What have you got for the TV Black Vault? Malk, once you sit down, I'll Here tell you what the answer is to last one. Sure. No, the only reason why I know you're walking away because you don't like the sound, but you do like my segment because you told me off air. I, I appreciate your segment, <laughs> Ben. It's, it's a little vicarious joy I have each week. Okay, great. Thank you very much. Okay, so last week, the one that the people versus Larry Flint, is that the people versus Larry Flint <laughs> yes. voted for the most was number three, 
who just bought a million dollar mansion to celebrate their engagement to a man they only met in March. Dermot Brereton. No, that's something that he would do as opposed to... What? What? <laughs> what? Uh, <laughs> that's just for Dermy. Anyway, moving on to this week's... Who was it? You didn't three. say who it was. <laughs> Isabel Silbury... Gogglebox, what? one of my wow. very good friends, and what? she will kill me for that. But, hey, it's a true story, so you've been burned. Man, wow. <laughs> wow. All righty. Uh, with friends like me, who needs enemies? No, let's go through this week's Come three. On. I'm ready. When it comes to predicting replacements, a TV radio comedian appeared to have more than just a good stab in the dark. When asked to keep mum about Joel Creasy's new gig, it would appear this guy let the cat out of the bag much earlier than expected. Oh. See, I was going to say Joel Creasy, but it's about him. So, no. It is about Joel, which means he'll love it because Joel loves things about himself. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, there's lots of of TV radio comedians that would accidentally let that slip. Yeah, that's why I put it in there, so that I don't get murdered. <laughs> it's almost like he thought it through, Mock. Almost. Well, you never know. It could get voted on. Uh, okay, number two. An upcoming TV series has weathered more drama behind the scenes than expected or wanted, with most of the cast bringing their fair share of issues to the upcoming program. Gosh, what looked mm. like a brilliant cast on paper turned into a production nightmare as some of the most recognisable faces brought more than their fair share of personal drama to the set. Oh, wow. Is it scripted or reality? I ain't telling you, girl. <laughs> I have to know about this one. I have to know. <laughs> but, sorry, Sarah, I love you to death, but I'm like, if I give too much away on that one, it's going to tip over. Alrighty, number three. A former employee of a major network has been lurking behind the scenes of his former show, Would trying to find out behind the scenes gossip. That sounds like me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> is it Rob McKnight? <laughs> Full disclosure, it is not Rob McKnight or anyone it could who is be. on this podcast. <laughs> totally should be. But I will say this, the force is strong with this one. I cannot Ooh. wait, honestly, until one week when the TV Black Vault is just whoever is on TV Black Box that week. <laughs> we'll do that as the Christmas edition. I think so. <laughs> I can look oh, forward to that. Which fat oh. podcaster? Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Ben, thank you very much. I'm closing up. <sighs> and that brings us to the end of another edition of TV Black Box. Thank you very much for your company. Thank you, Mulk. Thank you, Rob. Thank you, Sarah. Thank you, Ben. Thank you very, very much. And we will have another edition next week. Don't forget, for the very latest TV news and lots of exclusives, go to tvblackbox.com.au. Don't forget, TV Binge Box will be in your podcast feed this week with all the news you need on the biggest shows to watch and their wonderful reviews. And, of course, there's the Ben, Rob and Robbo show streaming live around the world, 1 o'clock Monday to Thursday through Ticker TV and at facebook.com slash show. We'll see you next week. Thank you. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. 
Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. <laughs> 